You're gonna need a bigger boat. No. I am your father. I'm gonna make him an offer again. Life was like a box of chocolates. Wax on, wax off. I see dead people. Here's Johnny. He's a liar. You can't handle the truth. Good morning, Vietnam. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Get away from her, you bitch. A dealers? No, no, we're drug smugglers. There's a difference. Cinematic Leap. Hi and welcome to Cinematic Leap, a movie podcast where we apply a six degrees of Kevin Bacon style process to select our next movie. Each week we will watch a movie, provide our review, then take a cinematic leap by selecting an actor, director, crew member within this pod's movie to choose our next movie. Rules are simple. Whoever chooses this pod's movie sits out selection. One of the remaining hosts then chooses an actor or crew member to take our cinematic leap with, leaving our final host to then choose the next movie. You can't choose an actor, crew member that has been chosen within the last six choices. As always, I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Michael Thompson. Hi there. And Glenn Greening. Hello. Gentlemen, how are we? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. All going well? Well, it's the end of term, so, you know, um, good times as a teacher. (laughs) Nice, bit of time off. Oh, yeah. It's all right. Glenn? Yeah, all good. All good here. All going well? Yep, yep, all going well. <clears throat> Except for double booking myself, but yes. <laughs> yes, yes, well. <laughs> all right, so we'll get into it. This week, the movie we are doing is Where the Millers. It's a 2013 crime comedy film. It stars Jason Sudeikis, Jennifer Aniston, Emma Roberts, and Will Poulter. Also features Ed Helms, Nick Offerman, Catherine Hahn, and Molly Quinn. It was directed by Rawson M. Thurber. Had a budget of $37 million, made $270 million. It won many accolades, though mainly through awards like the People's Choice Awards, MTV Movie Awards, and the Teen Choice Awards, uh, including two gongs for the best kiss, mm-hmm. uh, but not a lot of other buzz. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has got a rating of 5.5 out of 10. Metacritic has a score of 44 out of 100, uh, which is based off 38 reviews. Uh, however, IMDb has a bit more common sense and has a rating of 7 out of 10. Uh, Glenn, you chose The Leaper, which was Nick Offerman. Uh, what was that? That's how, which is how we got to this movie. Um Oh. Particularly when he's had some choice talent like George Clooney, uh, Ewan McGregor, um, any other number of ones from like you know uh, the Ministerial Goats. Yeah, well, I mm. I wanted to shake things up a bit and just try to get somewhere a bit different, um, which worked in the oh. end. This is a good comedy, enjoyable film that I think was better than a few recent movies we've watched, um, and I was primarily hoping we'd go to a certain movie that I really love, um, but that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> I love music well, it's films. It's always dangerous. M- anything music-related I really love, so, yeah, but we didn't yeah, get there. You know, we talked about that We talked about it, that after the last pod, and I was never going to pick that. That was never in my views. Not that it, it, I'm sure it's a really good movie, and I do like a, um, movies with you know, a bit of music and stuff like that, but, yeah. 
I don't think I ever would have got to that one. Uh, for me, I chose this movie um, for no other reason that I, when I saw it the first time, uh, I actually just really enjoyed it. It was um, just a really easy movie to watch. My wife liked it. I liked it. It was funny. Yeah, not much else. Um, Glenn, I know you'd seen this before. Michael, had you seen this? I had. Yeah, I'd seen it like, you know, probably when it came out, possibly at the cinema or like, you know, on DVD or maybe streaming. Um, yeah, and I enjoyed it. It was like it was a fun comedy yep. at the time. So what are our thoughts, going, being that we'd all seen it, um, what were our thoughts going into it, being that we now that you look at it from a podcast point of view where you probably look at it a little bit more critically, um, what were our thoughts going into I, it? I guess I was thinking, like, you know, um, we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, 90s, early 2000s films, um, even, like, you know, that sort of early teens films date quickly um, as, you know, society's had, a, like, you know, a shift in... Um, in how it deals, like, you know, with, like, you know, various issues, particularly, like, you know, around Me Too and, and Black Lives Matter. Um, so it was like, you know, will this date, like, you know, will this film kind of lose that sort of comedy because those social issues have changed, you know, when you kind of watch those things? Yep. Glenn, um, what were your thoughts going into it? My thoughts, well, I actually watched this probably just over six months ago and um, I just remember really enjoying it, but I couldn't remember it very well um, for some reason I couldn't remember it very well so watching it was um, it just yeah a lot of I started to remember things as I was watching it it was quite enjoyable to watch again because yeah I, I did enjoy it um, when I first saw it and um, hasn't aged that badly since <laughs> in a very short time <laughs> <laughs> ah very good well without any further ado we shall look into where the mill is Michael throw to the trailer so how's work this evening, neighbor? I need a lap dance, table five. Don't get too close. The guy smells like asparagus pee and he's got a hook hand. You're not a neighbor, you're a pot dealer. I have a smidge of marijuana down in Mexico. Bring it back here by Sunday night, I will pay you $100,000. was way out of my league. You don't have a choice. What the hell's that? I bought an orca. I make a lot of money. You're probably gonna get searched at the border. You could wear a disguise. Bane from Batman, something like that. Oh, there's no drugs in here. You got nothing to worry about. How would you like to make 10 grand? Drug dealing? It's not drug dealing, it's smuggling. Me, crossing the border alone? Huge red flag. But families, hi! They don't get a second look. So I need you to be my wife. Come on! Look, I hired this dork that lives in my building and a little gutter punk. Kenny, meet your new sister. I've always wanted a sister. Get it off of me. We just have to dress up like a squeaky clean all-American family. This is my son, Kenny Miller, and my lovely daughter, Casey. Casey? Jesus. Hola, I'm here to pick up a smidge of pot. This is not a smidge. You got me moving enough weed to kill Willie Nelson, man. Is this part of your plan? You folks can make camp with the Fitzgeralds tonight. When you've been married as long as we have, you're looking to spice things up a bit. I've never touched another woman before. I would be okay with that. So I guess we're swinging. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Ooh. There we go. I really like your family. Is that a you know rocket? What that is? is that a cucumber? Um... They're interesting. It's a big black penis. It's a skateboard. Skateboard, great. Of course it is. The big black skateboard. Turns out that we stole from an international drug dealer. You all die now. There's a family. We're not even a real family. My wife, she's just a cheap stripper. Okay, prove it. Have some respect. That's your mother. We have been shot at. Go, go, go! Kenny's been bitten by a tarantula. I can't feel my bingo. 
Will you relax? How about a little music? I seen a rainbow yesterday, but too many storms have come and gone, leaving a trace of not what God given me. Is it because my life in ten shades are great? I pray I'll ten fade away, seldom praising for the sunny day. Alright, so, we're the Millers. Opens up with a, a low-level marijuana dealer, David Clark, played by Jason Sudeikis, uh, who's going about, he's doing his deliveries, um, and as he's coming home, he meets an old college friend who's married, uh, talks about how great it must be to be David, who's got no ties, no distractions. Also makes a comment, though, that uh, if he died, he'd have no one who would actually miss him. Uh, we next meet Rose, who was played by Jennifer Aniston, uh, who's a stripper who's clearly had enough of working there. Uh, she meets a new colleague, um, Bone Garage, I think was her nickname or a stage name, uh, who's just ultra keen, loves it. Uh, however, Rose just wants to get out of the job. Uh, both her and David live in the same apartment, and after some interesting banter between the two, uh, we see that she owes rent. Uh, her ex-boyfriend also owes David some money, um, and we see that Rose obviously needs to, uh, to keep working because she does need money. Next, we meet Kenny, uh, who's a battler kid who lives in the apartment block. Uh, he lives there with his mum. Uh, however, his mum went out on a date uh, and hasn't been back in a week. Um, when talking to Kenny, David <coughs> and Kenny uh, see a teenage runaway getting harassed, which is Casey, played by Emma Roberts, uh, by three guys across the street. Kenny goes to help. Uh, when Kenny gets punched, David reluctantly steps in, uh, which sort of leads him to being robbed of his money and stash of marijuana, some of which he owes to the drug supplier Brad Girdlinger, who's played by Ed Helms. Uh, Girdlinger forces him to smuggle some marijuana from Mexico to clear his debt. Uh, realising that one man attempting to get through customs uh, smuggle marijuana from... Oh, sorry. Realising that just one man attempting to get through customs would be suspicious. Uh, so David and Kenny, whilst talking, decide that they're going to try and start a pseudo-family to try and get across the border. Uh, and David hires Rose, who we see has actually now quit as a stripper, um, get Kenny and Casey to pose as the family and they, uh, they call themselves the Millers. Uh, we then get onto the plane. We get a great scene on the plane uh, as they're flying to Texas to go and pick up the RV that they're going to take over to Mexico to pick up the drugs uh, and to come back. Uh, we get told by uh, Brad Girdlinger that they have to bring a, just a smidge, smidge and a half of marijuana uh, back over the border. Uh, when the Millers reach the compound, uh, they find out that, that that smidge, smidge and a half uh, of marijuana is actually uh, closer to two tonnes. Um, the Millers are stopped by a police officer um, who surmises that they are carrying drugs. Uh, David pays him, pays him a bribe, but not before they think they're going to have to uh, have relations with the cop, mm -hmm. uh, which, <laughs> which is a pretty funny uh, scene. David convinces Kenny that he has, he's got to suck the cop off. Um, and we get a great line. For, actually, we get a great interaction between the two. Um, Dave is trying to convince Kenny to do it. Uh, Kenny sort of said, I'm not gay. Uh, and David sort of said, listen, mate, calm down. Uh, this whole gay panic situation um, that you're having right now, it's starting to come off as a bit homophobic. Uh, Kenny says, what, I'm homophobic because I don't want a penis in my mouth? Uh, to which David says, exactly. That's exactly what homophobic means. So, um, yeah, it's a, we're off to a great start in the movie. <laughs> Michael, thoughts of the start? Um, I think, like I said, there's some definitely sort of you know interesting comedy moments. Um, 
and you know you do see the the setup where you know with um particularly with Kenny and I really like his character like um he's the the innocent one and I guess the in some ways the the core of that sort of what becomes that sort of family like that kind of you know it's the heart is the you know um and I guess the instigator of the events, like, you know, because obviously that, you know, he says, hey, we should step in and help this girl, um, gets, like, you know, leads to sort of um, Jason Sudeikis' character. What's his name again? I don't know. <laughs> David. David Clark. David Clark um, losing all his stuff. So, you know, yeah, that was a, you know, it's a it's a good, it, like, it, it doesn't sort of take its time to kind of get to where it needs to, you know, get going like that sort of, you know, a first turning point and, um, into that sort of like, you know, second act. So yep. yeah, that's, uh, I was going to say pretty much the same thing. It's like, doesn't take its time getting to the point of getting straight into the plot and what's going on. It's like really quick introduction to the characters straight to the point gets moving, hold your attention, doesn't yep. drag along at any point And yeah, straight into it. I think it's pretty well done. Yeah. Hmm. So it's 10 minutes, I think, like to get to the, that, that first turning point where we start seeing that. Um, you know, that story kind of setting up and like, you know, it's just funny stuff. Like, you know, the, particularly the, um, David Clark, you know, hooded David Clark, you know, it's like, you know, would you like anything? Actually, I'd really like a drink. Um, you know, and you know, do you guys want something? It's like, no, <laughs> it's like- <laughs> that's where, that's where he gets dragged to his boss's office, mm. um, by, by these rather two, uh, large African American men who, who give him a bit of a beating whilst they're going and it's, yeah, the interaction between them while he's waiting for Brad Girdlinger is uh, is quite good. Um, so, yeah, so the Millers are feeling good. Uh, obviously, they've got their drugs. Um, <clears throat> they get to the border um, and they, they feel pretty confident that they're going to get across, uh, but then they see a guy getting beaten just for having a joint. Uh, they start to panic. Um, because of that panic, they actually get detained at the border um, and just as they're basically about to have the border guards search their uh, RV, um, some illegal aliens from um, Mexico who try to get across the border run out and so they have to try and catch them and they sort of get passed through. Uh, because of the extra load of marijuana being two tonnes worth, um, as they're driving out, one of the radiator hoses breaks. Uh, a family called the Fitzgeralds, consisting of Don, Nick Offerman, uh, Edie, Catherine Hahn and Melissa, Molly Quinn, uh, that the Millers had met briefly at the border, catches up with them uh, and tows their RV to a repair shop. On the way to the shop, David learns that the Don Fitzgerald is a DEA agent. Uh, they have to stay overnight. They play games. Uh, Kenny develops a bit of a crush on Melissa. Um, after Kenny reveals um, to Casey and Rose that he's never been kissed, um, we, we get quite a humorous scene where Casey and Rose are giving him kissing lessons, uh, at which point Melissa walks into the RV, uh, sees them, you know, obviously kissing what he think, what she thinks, sorry, is, uh, his mum and his sister. Um, she obviously understandably freaks out. Um, the dad filming David them. gives Kenny some life. The dad's filming yeah, them as well. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the dad's filming them. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, Kenny's disappointed that she's run away. Uh, David gives Kenny some life le- life lessons. Uh, and we can start to see they're, they're starting to get along and actually starting to like each other. Uh, so it turns out that Brad Girdlinger misled David and that his plan to steal the marijuana from cartel boss Pablo Chacon. Uh, 
The next day, when the Millers head to the shop to pick up the RV, Shakon and his henchman One-Eye are waiting for them and prepare to kill them. Uh, the Millers tell Shakon that they aren't a real family and that they didn't know that they were stealing from him. Rose is given a chance to prove that she's a stripper by dancing. Uh, and when she gets close to Shakon, she turns on a steam vent onto him. The Millers then escape in the RV uh, with Kenny behind the wheel. Uh, however, due to Kenny's erratic driving, the RV veers off the highway, uh, at which point a tarantula also crawls up his leg, uh, biting Kenny on the testicles which leads to another rather humorous scene. Um, after that, Kenny is, uh, has a pretty, pretty severe allergic reaction to the bite. The millers have to head to the hospital. Uh, this setback causes further delays, the delivery of the drugs. Um, but David negotiates with Girdlinger for a fee of half a million dollars on the condition that he arrives that night. Uh, when Kenny is finally released uh, from hospital, David rushes him to the RV in a wheelchair, uh, accidentally tips him over. In the ensuing argument, David inadvertently reveals how much he's getting paid uh, in comparison to how little he offered to each of the others. So Casey, I think, was a... No, Rose was 30000 uh, Casey was getting a 1000 I don't think Kenny was even getting paid. Um, Not at all. They're, they're all disgusted at this stage uh, with that revelation. Um, they're a bit of a fight, and then David decides to leave them at a local carnival. Uh, shortly after leaving... David regrets abandoning his, um, his companions and returns, begging them to come back with him. Uh, they agree to do so. On their way back to the RV, One-Eye discovers them and he's about to shoot them, but Don, uh, the DEA agent, comes out of his camper. Uh, the Fitzgeralds are obviously back um, and takes him out. Shakon then comes around the corner with Melissa, which is Don and Edie's daughter, uh, held at gunpoint. And he's about to kill them all, but he's momentarily distracted by the 4th of July fireworks. David and Kenny subdue him. David kisses Rose. Kenny kisses Melissa. It's all a very nice moment. Don arrests Chacon, uh, but lets the Millers leave. Uh, when David delivers the drugs to Girdlinger, who tips David, who sorry, who burns David and isn't going to pay him, uh, we then see the DA agents raid Girdlinger's um, hideout um, because David's tipped them off. And the agent is going to charge, oh, sorry, the agent in charge of that is Don, uh, who tells David that he will have to remain in witness protection until the trial of Girdlinger and Chacon. He then adds that anyone that was a witness to the crime will also have to be in protection. Uh, the Millers are then seen together at a suburban house uh, where several marijuana plants are growing in the garden. And movie. Oh, very concise, Scott. Very concise. <laughs> You, I think you've missed a couple of key oh, kind yeah, of moments yeah. in there. Oh, like, probably, like, look, like, quite a few. Like the a few. weed baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the weed baby. That was... Oh, mm -hmm. the, uh, well, you could have jumped in whilst I was going. You you're just on a roll, Scott. There. Why would we jump in on that? The two couples, <laughs> in, the, the two couples in the tent and the ear thing and the... And the yeah. All that. Open it up, boys. Open <laughs> it up. There's actually like <clears> one of those scenes, I think, that kind of like builds up to that sort of... Um, like it's pre that sort of... Uh, next turning point where he kind of like, you know, I'll pay you half a million and he gets going is um, the concern, uh, who was it, um, Rose and David have for um, Cassie. Oh, well, Casey. Is Casey? Casey. Casey. Um, like, yeah, you know, she's... going out with Scotty P. Yeah, because Scotty P. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, she goes and, you know, comes back and it's like, you know... Um, 
and it's all very like you know where have you been you know we were worried about you like you know it's kind of like exactly the kind of stuff that parents sort of like you know would i assume do um many do um and like you know we we see like you know oh just doing this like you know teenager reaction but as we come into the into the bunk area like there's a there's definitely a smile there it's like you know it's like i haven't had this like you know this is nice like Mm. you know looking after someone's like cares about me that was kind of you know those those things are well done where like you know we actually see you know see how they form their family yeah and that's the thing and i think we do see during throughout the movie that you know even there's the i I missed the part where um you know david and rose are talking and they're having a nice moment and she goes he keeps calling obviously keeps calling her rose and that's when she points out that it's actually just her stage name and that her real name was Sarah. So we're starting to see these two bond as well. Um, you know, they've gone from, you know, what was a pretty sort of <laughs> rough relationship at the start to genuinely starting to like each other and, yeah, all the family sort of come together. You can see her genuine concern for Kenny when he does get bitten on the nuts and he's taken to hospital, whereas David just wants to get out. She's got that genuine care and so is Casey about no no we can't leave him here like we just can't do that so mm. yeah Glenn oh that that's one of my when you ask us about uh I can't remember if that's next is the favorite part next or is it the uh question I don't know but that's one of my other couple of things that I thought were a bit like silly um in the story but we can get to that. Yeah. 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 Well, next is casting characters. Ah, so we'll get onto that. Well, I guess like, you know, the, um, you know, one of those kind of silly moments, and I guess this is where they kind of, you know, you put people together and like, you know, things happen and like, I guess they're getting along and not sort of driving the RV, you know, in a really wacky way. Um, you know, that definitely like David's incompetence there. Um, it's that kind of, there's that sort of, you know, don't go chasing waterfall scene. Um, you know, which was kind of, it was probably, it's like, it's a highlight of the film in that sense is like, you know, cause you could see them, you know, they're kind of bonding over that sort of part. Um, yeah, that was kind of, yeah, that, that I get, I think I'll bring that up later on actually. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, oh, I also should point out that after the movie hang around because there are bloopers that they put on, um, at the end of the movie, which are, which are quite humorous as well. Yes. Um, so the cast and characters, what are our thoughts? My? Oh. Um, oh, you go, Glenn. <clears throat> you go, Glenn. Um, in these sort of movies where it's your standard comedy, it's, you know, not too hard for the actors to just do a good job. I thought especially Kenny was really well cast. That actor, I don't know, he just seems like an annoying Will, teenager. Will Poulter, is his Yeah, name. yeah, just um, he did it well. And um, but one issue I had, I think, with the casting is um, – uh, Brad Girdlinger, or whatever his name is, I just couldn't see just that actor playing a bad guy or a villain type character. It just comes, it doesn't doesn't come across. I mean, I know it's a bit over the top and supposed to be, but I think he's better at the generic, nerdy, average sort of guy. Not not this massive drug kingpin type. <laughs> I, I just didn't buy the the criminal in him. <laughs> but generally, yeah, I can see yeah. that. It's hard to, I think it's hard to mess up a comedy like this with a cast that are obviously funny 
Jen, Jennifer Aniston's done a lot of with Adam Sandler and things like that. She's she's always, you know, can't really fault her in these sort of roles. Um, yeah, I thought she was she and Adam Sandler were fantastic in Murder Mystery. I did. I think that's not kind of um, rated well, but in the thing in the like the scheme of IMDb and the the big bad world, but. I remember watching that and with my wife and we, we just had a great time. It was like, you know, it was one of those kind of playing with tropes and of like the murder mystery. So kind of like a bit of a meta sort of um, journey through that kind of whole genre. Um, and it was just fun. Like, you know, it was kind of these American tourists who have been dropped into an English murder mystery. I was like, you know, and Jennifer Aniston did a good job on that. And um, having watched recently the two seasons of Ted Lasso and then watching this movie after that it's it, it, he um there were moments when he got the haircut at the start and come out with the haircut i was like oh my god ted lasso and then there's a few lines that he says like whenever he says i appreciate it appreciate it like that's a very ted lasso sort of uh line that he says a lot as well so it was like almost just yeah more the actor than the character there but i don't know <laughs> I must admit I wrote that down too, having just, again, watched a couple of seasons of Ted Lasso and it was hard not to see him as Ted Lasso. Like it was hard to sort of separate it, especially at the start. But as the movie goes on, you can see there's a fairly big disparity between the two characters. But um, yes. yeah. I thought he was great, Jason Sudeikis. I yeah, think he, he was. was. He was good. He he played that sort of deadpan, smart-ass sort of role really, really well. Yeah. Um, I think that what's good about it, like, you know, I guess some of the, the Maison stuff is like he cleans up well. Like you see him from, you know, the beginning where he, you know, you go, oh, yeah, he does look like a drug-affected drug sort of, you know, dealer. And then, you know, he scrubs up for, you know, his role as the dad. Um, and he sells it. He sells that part. Yeah. Even absolutely. though his attitude doesn't quite match it, his look does. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think what I liked about this movie too is I thought the chemistry between those two was actually really strong uh, and and quite believable. Um, I really enjoyed Jennifer Aniston in this. Um, obviously, as a long-time Friends fan, I've, I've watched Jennifer Aniston a lot over the years. But um, I think especially being in that in Friends for so long, her comedic timing's excellent. Um, and as I said, I think she had great um, chemistry and was really believable with... Uh, Jason Sudeikis with this. I agree that Kenny was was perfectly cast. Um, and even Cassie was really good. I enjoyed mm, her. Mm, Nick Offerman yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. Um, was, yeah. I thought the ca- I thought the cast was I thought the casting was really good. Um, I thought Ed Helms was pretty good. Glenn is the bad guy. You're right. It is hard to separate him. I guess a lot of the stuff we see him on, you know, from a, from a movie perspective is. What the Hangover series, mm. where he's that sort of geeky guy. He's also in the office. Hard, just hard um, to take seriously as a bad guy. I just didn't. It was not scary yeah. in any way. Like it was not like a threat or just yeah. In this in this movie, no, but I I don't think he was. I mean, I guess he probably wasn't meant to be a threat, but I meant he's just supposed supposed to be that that shit heel, that that annoying smart ass boss that thinks he's better than everyone else. And I think Ed Helms was pretty handy with that. So. Um, but no, I thought that I thought it was really good. I thought the casting was was generally spot on. So, um, favorite scene? <clears throat> uh, I can I can. I was watching this and taking my notes for the, for tonight. And um, when the cop stopped them as soon as they picked up the drugs and 
asked for the bribe and uh, that whole sequence I was writing down okay he's my favorite scene and then but then later on there was another scene and I was like oh hey wait a minute this is my favorite scene and that's the scene <laughs> with, I told you I like music movies but um the waterfalls the waterfall scene was my favorite <laughs> where the kid just got his eyes shut and he just singing that whole verse <laughs> I've just seen it, the whole rap part. Of the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is pretty cool. That was probably my favorite scene. There's a lot of good scenes in this, a lot, but um, that was one of my, that was probably my favorite. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. Uh, Mike? It's, um, it's hard to go past the tent scene. Um, <laughs> like, you know, with the, like, you know, let's, be risky um you know they're obviously attempting to steal the keys to kind of get away but what it you know ends up happening is they think that like you know we're trying for a you know um some swinging action yeah (laughs) and um yeah and i think like that was that was played well by um who's that actor um where is she? Katherine uh, Hart. Katherine Hart. Yeah. Hart. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, like, you know, and, and even, you know, Nick Offerman is it, it's, it's done well. They're like, they're being innocent. It's like, but it was just, and it was ridiculous, but it was kind of like, it was fun. Um, you know, the tarantula scene is, you know, is pretty funny. Um, you know, that kind of like, it, it's, you know, one of these sort of, you know, we've, we've just had this high drama and, you know, we see it's like, it's, um, it's a Chekhov's gun moment, like you know, it's a cinema thing where you know we see a gun in earlier film, early in the film, and it's going to be used later. We're going to see that, and it's going to come back. And so we see the tarantula crawling into the bowl of fruit early on in the film, and you know we don't see it for ages until it's crawling up. You know, um, Will Poulter's leg, um, you know, was uh, that's Kenny. And yeah, it does kind of like you know, which I think is also part of the reason he actually, actually kind of really kind of runs it off the road, um, is because he's got bitten. Um, yeah, so you know they're colourful ones, but I guess like you know what makes this movie you know good, what these type of movies are, like those comedies, um, is that sort of that wholesome sort of uh, sort of moment. So when they kind of come together at the end, um, you know, at the climax where like you know it's. Um, you know, he comes back. So that I guess that yeah, that, that sort of resolution climax scene, like you know, that was kind of quite good. I enjoyed that. You know, probably teared up. I'm gonna put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> not not surprised. <laughs> um, for me, you guys have probably covered off a lot of the things. For me, the TLC um, scene is hilarious, and you're right, Glenn. Like it's hard because yeah, I was the same. You know, you sort of watch that. Um, like I even enjoyed the I even enjoyed the chase scene at the start where he jumps off the stairs and trying to land in the bin and the bag accidentally hits the top of it, knock it closes the bin and he lands flat on the top of the bin. Um, so you're off to a good start with something like that. But the TLC scene is just fantastic. Um, certainly makes you, makes you laugh. And then um, obviously I love the kissing scene between Kenny, Casey and Rose. Um, I was about to say, yeah, yeah. I was going to say no one's brought that <laughs> well, kiss scene. Is, it, is there also another scene, Scott, you want to bring up? I'm disgusted that you blokes haven't brought up the um, Jennifer Aniston stripping scene where Rose you know, has to prove she's a stripper and they're in this a mechanical warehouse and she's, water's going down on her, cascading, and it's just there's sparks flying in the back and it's just <laughs> incredible. Um, superb scene. Wonderfully acted, I should say, and probably deserved an Oscar just for that moment. But uh, <laughs> as usual, the, uh, the Oscars is a rotten. 
Did, I don't I think the Academy look for that sort of, you know, not looking for like, you know, how well one could do a, a stripper scene. Yeah, I would have thought that pretty much, you know, just old white guys, I would have thought they would have been all over it. But anyway. Um, oh, I've, got to, I've got something to talk about, you know, later on with this. Remind me of the <laughs> old white guys thing. <laughs> and probably the last scene was actually the final blooper scene, which goes back to mm-hmm. the TLC scene, which will make sense for those, obviously, if you've watched it, um, mm-hmm. where yeah. instead of TLC coming on, the Friends theme song, Friends theme song, um, the Rembrandts, um, comes on, and you can see that you know, David, Rose and Kenny are all basically just taking the piss out of Aniston. You can just see that she's, when it comes on, it takes her a couple of minutes, a couple of seconds to register, and then she just starts shaking her head and laughing. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was really well done. Yeah, that um, was good. Now, did you want to go into old white guys with the Oscars, Michael? Now, or well, did you want to bring it up? Yeah, now's, now's a good time. It's um, I was just rewatching that scene you were talking about. And I was kind of uh, one of the highlights of that part was like you know, um, we see Jennifer Aniston um dancing, and then it cuts. It does a reverse shot back to um Kenny and and David, and uh, Kenny does a pant adjustment, um, and uh, David notices and smacks him in the back of the head and goes, "That's your mother." <laughs> So, so even That's you right. know those moments which are kind of kind of funny. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm I'm looking for who I'm going to leap to, and you know I'm thinking, oh yeah, all right, I'll I'll look through the cast and crew, and there there are not a lot. There's like you know a, not a big percentage of women that work on this film, um, in terms of like you know the actual kind of you know cast and crew like you know there are women characters you know in there but you you go through the the crew list and it's like like guys 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 you know people in the major roles as well as like you know other stuff gone wow that's um that's interesting so i don't know i yeah. just thought that was i just thought it was like you know there's a lot of white guys in that involved in that film well well you know guys yeah yeah. Well, I'm, t- I'm tipping that it wasn't Jennifer Aniston's idea to put into the script that she had to do a stripping scene. Let's be honest. No, that's true. They're all, all the writers. Right, whoever put it in was, whoever did put it in was well done. Well, it'd be <laughs> Bob, Bob Fisher, Steve Faber, Sean Anders, or John Morris. You know. Well, well done to them. <laughs> um, other enjoyable aspects. I think we've gone through them all. Hmm. Just the fast paced of me, it, the fast pacedness of it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Like the, both the story pacing and the actual kind of edit pace was kind of um, a pretty good. Um, yep. There's nothing outstanding with the, the cinematography. It is all very kind of like you know, um, you know, like quite sort of you know mid shots focused. You know, like you know, sort of depth of field, all that kind of thing is is there. So, but it's you know, like I said last time, you know, good. Um, you know, cinematography and good, like, you know, editing are the bits where you don't notice when you're kind of just going through that, you know, cut, cut, kind of, and you're just involved in the story. That's great. Um, yeah. I think, like, you know, the, the story really kind of, you know, we, we do see this idea of um, disparate people brought together under a circumstance and they form a connection. I think that's what's really nice about this film is that, like, you know, you know, by the end of it, they want that connection. They kind of feel, well, you know, this is the thing that I'm missing. And I kind of, you know, it, it's not very explicit. Um, but we, we, you know, if you think back to that guy at the start who was saying, man, all these things that, you know, like family bring is just a, a, a drag, that's a burden. 
Um, but all the, you know, these four characters find that in the end. And that's kind of like, you know, it's actually what's making them stronger and better people. So, um, through their adventures, such as Kenny being bitten by the spider. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite graphic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Glenn, anything else? I know you sort of, you reckon you sort of think you've covered off most of the things you wanted to say. I think so. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I've got some other things for later, but yeah. <laughs> We've probably under-mentioned Scotty P and the, um, you know, the humans <laughs> the character. Um, for me, Michael, you covered it off. 110 minutes this movie goes for, which I reckon is perfect. It's, um, it moves well. It's engaging throughout. There's very, really, there's no dead patches. Um, it's got good comedy, builds the tension when it needs to, has some good heartfelt moments. Um and it fits it all in in a hundred, a nice tight hundred and ten minutes. Uh, I thought the cast was really well done, which we mentioned before. I thought it was written well. Um, it's funny. It's wrong at times. There are some things that you probably think before probably shouldn't laugh at that, but you do. Um, but it's not overly so. Like it doesn't smash you in the face. It's. Um, I don't know, yeah, Scott. There was they, a there was a rather engorged testicle that was kind of, you know, quite graphic. <laughs> yeah, but you, you laughed. Let's be honest. Oh, we yeah, all laughed. I laughed. So, yeah. So it was it, but that's the thing. Like, it, I think some of these movies you can probably go too far with it. And I, I just thought it, it played it just perfectly across the, uh, with the writing and everything else. And as you said, I thought it was shot well. But 110 minutes, it's just a perfect time. It's a, for this sort of movie, you wouldn't want to go any longer. And it, they, it was tight. It was moved quickly, and yeah, did everything it needed to. I don't know if this film would find the same success now as it did then. Like, you know, releasing the, like, you know, at a, um, you know, the 2020s, I think it probably, you'd probably get a bit more outrage, I think. Just from, you know, yeah. feminist movements and mainly feminists. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, but, like, the, you sort of had a run of these sort of movies, you know, into the things like, you know, horrible bosses and all those where you did have that um, that sort of a little bit off humour, but it still sort of worked. So, mm. oh, um, I, I hope it never goes away. Like, it's funny. But, you know, no, actually, that's right. You know, attitudes need to adjust and we need to kind of find those new things to laugh at. Like testicles. Yeah. <laughs> Always funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, questions, queries, tidbits? I got a couple thing, a couple questions and things, or just thoughts. Firstly, yeah. that that whole uh, fake baby thing—it's <laughs> just not. That was a bit too far fetched for me. It was just a bit silly that they wouldn't see it that whole time. And anyway, if if it had gone on any longer, it would have been made this movie not great. But. Luckily, it got hit by that truck, which was quite funny, or bus or whatever it was that hit it, um, which was a funny moment. They built up to that, which was which was really good, but very surprising that the drug DA officer didn't question that what that really was, and just let that go. <laughs> and that whole that whole bit with the baby was just a bit too far fetched for me. A couple other things: leaving yep. Kenny when he at the hospital, and you know. Like million, how many dollars, million, half a million dollars? Million, I can't remember how much. A lot of money 
to leave him there and just go and deliver. Yeah, five hundred thousand. Why didn't he just say, "Hey, we'll go do the delivery. We'll come back, pick him up. Not a big deal. Pop, you know, go drop off the drugs, grab a car, come back, pick him up. No problem." Instead of just making it into a big thing. When there's that much money, he would be happy for you to go and do that if he got a share as well. Um, and the other thing, Scotty P. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Um, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. He, I was really disappointed that at the end of his um, story, he turned into a bad. You know, all of a sudden, come from nowhere, his change in character. He was just all of a sudden not a nice guy. What? I, I actually <clears throat> think he was a bit sus from the beginning. No, no. Like, he was just. He was meant to be that sort of innocent and silly and stupid. Like he was just idiot. It, Dumb and stupid, but I thought completely innocent. And then all of a sudden, he's he's you know borderline abusive. But I can't remember at the end. He was just yeah. I just thought yeah. it came from nowhere. Guess, just really quick character change. It hadn't yeah. I don't know. I think he's meant to represent that kind of like here is that sort of um, the boys who usually go for Casey. You know, um, and the you know he, he's trash, and you know he has no regrets. Ragrats. Um, you know, all these things like, you know, so he's, he's not literate. He's kind of, um, you know, certainly that, you know, yeah, basically he's, he's trash. He's white trash. Um, so I think like, you know, yeah, like he comes off nice, but then, you know, how many are, you know, there's probably lots of guys that come off nice and then do something terrible like that. Um, yeah. So I think like, I think he was a, you know, fine as the foil, you know, in that regard. So and and I guess we you know Casey had to be in a, put in a situation where she needed her family, and you know yeah, he was the cliche redneck, yeah, bad boy with tattoos and everything else. That yeah. tattoos that are spelt wrong. That it's easy for you know uh, the mum Rose to basically go listen. No, Casey, you're better than this. Don't settle for that. You really you know, aim higher. You're much better than that. And you sort of get that family bond, and obviously you get the opportunity for her to then save it. So. Mm. But yeah, I just thought it came. It wasn't any hint of it before that moment, though. That he just seemed like kind of charming, stupid young young guy. Um, yeah, it was just a quick change that I just thought maybe they could have made it a bit less of a shock that that happened. Yeah. Anyway, they're yeah. my things that you, you go on to. Yeah. What was, what was one of your earlier questions? You said <clears throat> me. Like, it was yeah. about David about David leaving him, wouldn't it? Uh, leaving Kenny the only at thing the hospital say... and um, the baby, mm. the fake baby thing. Yeah. yeah. The only thing about the leaving him, leaving him behind was he hadn't actually promised Kenny any money. No. He was given Casey a thousand bucks and and Rose thirty thousand. So he probably wouldn't have wanted to be open at that stage to go. Hey, listen, I'm actually getting half a million bucks. Let's just like he, yeah, without giving himself away. He probably didn't want to go. Listen, I'm actually making shit loads of money. If we do this, let's come back. So even if he didn't say you, that, yeah, he could, could yeah. just said we'll come straight back. Like he's not going anywhere. I think. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it, it comes back to the, the the story they're trying to tell. Like you know, um, would you prefer half a million dollars or your family? You know, that's really what that that's a moral choice for him. It's like you know, you can you can go down and get this half a million, or you can. There's these people that love you, like you know, and care about you, and you're kind of like you know, screwing them over a little bit in their time of need. No, it's not a, and you're right, it's not a massive time of need, but, you know, it's enough. Um, you know, what do you do? 
Oh, he's, um, he's in safe hands there. There's people after them trying to kill them. I would just move along and come back get him. Yeah. Well, I guess that's I the thing. That dis- I actually don't disagree with you, Glenn, because I look, I would have used the argument. Don't even worry about the money. It's just like, hey, guys, listen, we've got two tonnes of marijuana. We've got to get rid of this. We can mm. go dump it. We'll come back and get him. Surely being on the road, the longer we're on the road, the more likely we have of tripping up. So let's just get rid of it and we'll come back and get him. Yeah, that doesn't tell you. That's all very reasonable, but doesn't tell you the motive motive story they're trying to get across. No, exactly right. Um, Michael, queries, questions, tidbits. Well, interestingly, there's an extended cut, Scott. So, you know, maybe there's more than the 110 minutes you you think is really cool. Maybe it's better. Um, Don't need it. (laughs) All right, Uh, I guess, like you know, in terms of your trivia. Jennifer Addison. No, 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 no hang oh, on. Oh, no, too soon. What, what, too soon. Settle, settle. Sorry. I'm not up to trivia yet. Just, um, did you have any other questions about the movie? Nah, not really. It's all kind of, you, you know, just it follows. It's, it's, it's formulaic in some way. So, like, you know, it follows that sort of all those beats um, that it's looking for. Um, you know, it's, um, and it, it takes it from that, like those rom-coms and those bromances. And, you know, this is really like that sort of family version of that where you kind of, you know, get random people together and they, you know, they go to the, to love each other. True. I only had, I had a, a three questions or things that I was curious. Would the RV really be able to carry an extra two tonnes? Like, that's a fair bit. Yeah, like, you, like you, know. get, you get some RVs that towing a, a trailer, a car, an extra car. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but that's, that's towing, towing capacity is different to actually what it's carrying as well. Hmm. Don't know, Scott. Don't know. But, but it, yeah, that was just one query I had. Um, the cops would have surely have reacted a little bit quicker considering that the sniffer dogs were going nuts when they had at the border when she actually had the marijuana baby out and the dogs were just going crazy. Like, the, and I know, look, they gave them the opportunity to hand themselves in and all that sort of stuff, but they would have. But anyway, that's, that's by the by. We had to get through the border anyway. Um, the last one. So they're in witness protection, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they meet their neighbours next door. They introduce themselves. Um, and then David, when he goes back to me, he says, well, we're the Millers. They've been the Millers through the time that they've stolen the marijuana. Wouldn't they have changed their name? Like I know obviously their name isn't the Millers, but throughout this whole thing they've gone as the Millers. Wouldn't they have changed their name at the end? when they're in witness protection and not being the Miller's family just purely for a protection sake? Yeah, I don't know. That's, a, that's an interesting one. But I guess, like, you know, it's a title of your film. You've got to punch it home somehow. Oh, yeah, I know. I just, it's, again, <laughs> this is just, we're, we're, we're nitpicking a bit and we're, we're, we're just questioning parts of the movie. So, hmm. um, Now, Michael, is the time for trivia. trivia. You would have thought this is our... This is our 10th time, so we should be getting better at this, but we still... Just eager. We're getting there. Yeah. All right. Trivia. What All you right. Got for us? Probably the big one. This is, you know, this is going to burst your bubble, Scotty. Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston used a butt double for the stripping scene. Uh, all parts of the scene are Aniston other than the butt close-ups. Still um. worthwhile. <laughs> so it was still, so it was still Jennifer Aniston when she's pouring the water on herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Worth it. 
I mean, there's obviously the Jennifer Anderson play the you know where they play the prank on with the friends theme, which is in the actual uh, movie worth watching. Um, Will Poulter stayed up late while listening to Waterfalls by Chelsea to have his character rap along in the scene involving the song. Uh, Poulter personally chose the song because he considers himself a hip hop fan. Um, despite the subject matter, no character has ever seen consuming marijuana. Um, Aniston and Sadukas have been in five movies together Horrible Bosses, Horrible Bosses 2, Mother's Day, and Bounty Hunter, and obviously with the Millers. Um, uh, oh, I think Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Steve Bashimi were all considered for the role of David Clark. <laughs> That'd be cool. I mean, Steve Bashimi. I could say Jay. Steve Bashimi would be good. Yeah. <laughs> I, could, I could really say this is a Jason. Bateman role mm. too. I think he would have. This is something that I think he would have done quite well as well. Although Jason Sudeikis was Sudeikis was fantastic, so I'm glad. As I said before, the casting I thought was excellent, so they played it well. Um, Rose doesn't wear an engagement ring; only a wedding ring. Um, it's really all is it. Not much to it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, no, the sixteenth biggest grossing film of twenty thirteen. That's probably worth noting. Yeah, I certainly made. I mean, it would have made two hundred and seventy million, so it's done all right. Mm. Back to you, Scotty. Jim. All right. Final thoughts and our rating. Now, obviously, our ratings are out of ten. Ten being great, one being terrible. Glenn, I'll throw it over to you first. What are your what's your rating and your final thoughts on Where the Millers? Overall, an enjoyable movie that, um, even though I only watched it six ish months ago, um, enjoyed it just as much the second time. Um, again, um, light, fun to watch. Um, a lot of this movie, I was thinking. Some of the scenes, they're just so good on their own. They could really appear in any movie. Like, I feel like they've just had a lot of the, the writers. They've done a lot of good movies um, from what, the quick look I had. And I feel like they could have just had a bunch of these scenes sitting around and thought, how do we lose, How do we tie these together and come up with this plot? And you could just, the kissing, the the the, the spider, the, um, the cop, the baby fake baby all these scenes they could have really been in there's so many ways you could slip them into other movies like into a comedy movie um but it just it did work um but um i gave it eight out of ten really really good really good comedy yeah um I, look, I enjoyed the film. I've enjoyed it uh, all the times I've watched it. Um, I think it it is one of those kind of um, films that is like it, it belongs in that um, you know cut reverse cut sort of comedy acting where a lot like a lot of it's a little bit of improv and so like um, they're kind of you know they are kind of improving as they go, which can be funny. But there's no kind of real play with the actual form of cinema. Like you know, unlike you know you things like you see like Hot Fuzz um, with Edgar Wright. Um, there's nothing really kind of exciting about the actual filmmaking in the comedy. We're just seeing the scenes within it. Um, so, I mean, and the story is engaging and, like, you know, fascinating, um, but it is it is formulaic 
in it's like you know um the american sort of comedies that we see um and yeah like you know so i think there are there are stronger comedies out there that are like you know cinematically more interesting um this is a lot of fun uh it's a 6.5 from me well no way better than that yeah i disagree (laughs) well yeah that's why you're the harshest of critics. Well, except for Glenn last week. Oh, well, Glenn. did you see the movie last week? <laughs> Glenn, I Glenn's, did. Glenn's been, I reckon if I graph it out, Glenn's has been the most all over the shop, but Michael, you've been the harshest. Um, <laughs> for me, I actually agree with the Glenn. I gave it an eight as well. It's a genuinely enjoyable movie. Um, it's one of the rare movies that both me and my wife enjoyed and were happy to watch together. We seem to always... My genres and her genres in terms of favourites don't seem to mix and when we try and find a comedy we both enjoy, it turns out to be terrible. So, <laughs> But this was one of the movies that we both really enjoyed. Um, it's fun, it's funny, it's easy to watch. The runtime's perfect, 110 minutes, it's it's tight, it's, it just fits perfectly. Um, it's predictable, yes, but that's fine. Um, it knows exactly what it is and it plays to it. And it, I think it comes out really well. So for me, it's an 8 out of 10. So if I do my quick maths, an 8, an 8, and a 6.5, that gives us a score of 22.5, which actually ties it Ooh. in the number 2 spot with 7. Ooh. So The Martian... Um, which it's funny when you when you go back and look at your ratings. I rated the Martian a seven and a half out of ten, and I gave this one an eight, which probably seems a little silly now because I, I thought <laughs> the Martian was an overall better movie. But in ter- but you can look at that two ways: what the Martian was and what this was. This was, I think, a really strong comedy in terms of what it was. But and obviously, the Martian's a completely different movie. But um, a completely much better movie, <laughs> probably. Uh, but anyway, so The Martian is still our top-ranked movie at 26.5. We've got, now got seven, and Where the Mill is on 22.5, just ahead of Million Dollar Baby at 21. Matchstick Men was 20. Born Identity, 18.5. Adaptation is still somehow up at 18. Uh, we Are Marshall was 17.5. Men Who Stare at Goats was 14. And Jesse James is still far and away our bottom the of the tree. Worst. At nine. How to get nine? I'm actually, I'm actually really happy. <laughs> I think it only got nine because I think I gave it a five just because I thought that like if they cut it, it could have been a better movie, which was probably stupid in the end. Um, you gave that a five, and you gave it a nice. seven and a half. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's basically saying that it's, the Martian's just a fifty percent better movie. It's quite ridiculous, really, when you look at it back like that. Um, I'm actually really happy though because that was my choice. Uh, most of my choices are, are languishing down the bottom of our of our list, so it's nice to get one up near the top. Yeah. Movies that I thought were okay were. Um, Generally rated as shit is. So, <laughs> so that was nice. Uh, well, who, and it's now time. Yes. Oh, sorry, Glenn. Oh, what was that? Oh, the next movie might be. You might have some more down there with you, down the bottom. We'll see what I pick. Who knows what Michael's going to say? Mm. No, true. I've, but I've got faith. I've got faith because it is now time for our 
cinematic leap. All right. So, Michael, you are choosing the leaper, I do believe, at this for this movie, for our next movie, with Glenn choosing the actual movie that we're going to watch. So where are we going? Well, this has been tough. I've been looking at this as we go, you know, looking across the movie. And um, I was seriously considering Will Poulter for a while. Um, but I think that a lot of the problems with these, the actors in these films and um, is they don't have a, a lot of, you know, sort of movies that are high in the, you know, cinema world. Um, probably a lot of kind of sort of B films and that kind of thing, but... That's all right. Uh, yeah. B films, B films are sometimes better than a lot of the A films, if you ask me. But mm-hmm. maybe sometimes, mm-hmm. maybe sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, like um, a, a good <laughs> Netflix movie or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but I looked at you know, there's uh, Kim Marino, um, yeah, uh, Rawson Marshall Thurber, who is the director. He was also the um, uh, he played the super guard. Um, so he's a possibility. Because um, you've got the interesting films like uh, Red Notice and uh, Dodgeball. Um, oh, Red, no- Red Notice is a good movie. It's fun. With, um, well, so is Dodgeball for what it's worth. Mm. Uh, I thought Louise Guzman, you know, he could play a possibility. It's like, you know, do I go with that guy? Um, but I think it's time. Um, and, you know, this might be a bit of a curveball for Glenn. Uh, but we have not actually picked... Female a woman to mm. live to, yeah. Excellent. So, Excellent. yeah. So, it, I think it's time. Um, it is, and I've liked it's overdue, <laughs> it is overdue, absolutely 100, 100%. Um, I've enjoyed her, like, I, I, I saw her recently in um, you know, she was in WandaVision, she was like, you know, plays a character, and that was really good. Uh, she did a lot of other stuff, and she did a great job as um, Edie, and that would be uh, Catherine Hahn. Interesting, be, yeah. Mm. I've made notes mm. of a bunch of actors and what movie I'll pick, depending on who you'll say. Mm. And she is in my list of notes. Fantastic. I didn't. Well, she's done fifty movies, so you've got a fair bit to choose from. I'm, I'm over a particular one. I only got through seven actors, and then I just gave up making notes and thought I'll just do it on the spot because there's just too many to make notes for. Um, I did narrow her down to two movies. I'm just going to confirm and have a quick look. Um, the two I was looking at was um, Step Brothers, another comedy um, with Will Ferrell. And the other one is a movie that I remember seeing ages ago, which was called Our Idiot Brother. Don't know if you've seen that. Paul Rudd. No, I haven't <clears throat> seen either, if truth be told. So, What were you hoping for, Michael? Uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, yes. No, I wasn't going to pick that. Well, it's a great film. <laughs> um, gosh, what do I do? Secret Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't looked at How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Glenn. You're a, you're a rom-com. Yeah, fan. I didn't like that one. Probably one of the few that I actually do like. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But not love, just love Kate Hudson. I'd choose that for her. But anyway. So Tomorrowland, I don't know what Tomorrowland's about. It's a it's an unknown. Oh, it's the visit. Mm. Have you seen the visit? Uh 
Do I want to see the visit? Yeah, I actually watched it recently. I thought, yes, I did. Um, Link for, all right, right Step Brothers. Link for animated films. Step Brothers. <sighs> okay. Step Brothers. Yep. Let's do Step Brothers. I can't remember it very well, so let's do that. That'd be fun. Right. Yes. Okay. Fun. I'm not usually a Will Ferrell fan. Oh, I must admit. hate Will Ferrell. <laughs> so I'm interested to see. So we're not going to leap with Will Ferrell. Where? I don't know. Probably. Well, not. I mean, it depends who you know who Scott picks, is it? Well, it won't be Will Ferrell. <laughs> we'll just uh, we can confirm that now. I reckon. Uh, John C. Riley's been in a lot of good movies, though. But anyway, that's that's for another time. All right. So there it is, people. Our next movie mm-hmm. is Step Brothers. <laughs> Gentlemen, nice pod. Well done. Till next time. And like that, he's gone. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Cinematic Leap.